put out a note to members this morning, um, just clarifying about what you want from the next head coach. Um, if you can just elaborate on that. You mentioned the philosophy going forward. Do you have a clear picture in your mind at the moment of what that would be? Yeah, I do. But um, obviously football being the core part of you know, what we're going to judge and how we're going to decide who the next coach is going to be. Um, but want to elaborate on that a bit, you know, want an ambassador for the club as well, someone um, who's happy to get involved with uh, grassroots football heavily, um, someone who's parochial about South Australian football, um, someone who's good with the media, good with you guys, and all those attributes are going to come into it as well. So football philosophy is the core, that's the key, that's going to be the deciding factor, but, but those other factors are very important as well. Well, there's criteria. We've built a pretty robust criteria and process over the last week, um, and they'll be assessed accordingly. You know, uh, having an intimate understanding of state league clubs, MPL clubs, grassroots clubs, that gets you points. But that's not the core part, right? So, South Australians might get a benefit on one side, but maybe they don't have as much experience in, in the A-League on the other side. So it all builds into the criteria and we want to bring members along the journey as well. So members will be talked to, I, don't, I think I can, I can say that, or you know, questions will be asked and, and they'll be able to have their voices heard as well. Isn't that dangerous though? Because some members with South Australians, they don't like them. And you know, specifically there's a couple of guys who are locals but isn't that a dangerous sort of thing to get members involved in who they want as a coach? No, we're not... Without taking emotion. We're not going to ask the members who they want as a coach. That's, that won't be a question. Um, the questions to the members will be more around what they want to see the club being, the values, you know, what they see the values of the club as. Um, <laughs> we're not passing the responsibility on who the coach is going to be to the members. That's, they're going to have a voice. They're not going to have a decision-making ability. That's something for Marius and the <laughs> and the and the guys who deal with the the, the membership. Um, I'll leave that up to them. I'm interested to hear their voice and their opinions, not on who the coach is going to be, but more on the values they want to see from the club. You know, I looked I looked on the the website yesterday, and there's nothing on there. You know, and, and during this downtime, we've really got time to, to work on the organisation, not just working in the organisation about the day-to-day -day urgent stuff, but the bigger picture, picture things. And, you know, we, this gives us a good base to, to, to build off. Just as a coach as well, are you tapping coaches or do you want them to...? So, phone's been ringing off the hook, not unexpected. There's a lot of people who'd love to coach uh, at this football club. Um, but I've told all of them, agents, coaches and the like, that until there's a criteria and proper process built, everyone's just wasting their time. There's no point calling me at, at the moment. So, and then once we have the criteria, which we're very close to, to having at the moment, um, you know, the candidate will generally pick himself. Obviously there's behavioral things and subjective things that, that will come into it, but we want a robust criteria because if we're going to appoint an Australian coach, Chances are, I know them, or someone else is going to know them. 
So we don't want any unconscious bias coming into our decision-making processes. Just with regards to Gurchin, I spoke to him and he said if the money's there, he'd come back. I mean, what, what could happen in that scenario? Because he, he said to me, like, he hasn't quit. It's just that he couldn't afford to stay here any longer because of the situation. Well, I recall receiving a resignation letter, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about the, the, the definition of quitting, but um, it's true. It's a, it's a unique circumstance, coronavirus. He was genuinely worried about borders closing. He wanted to head home. But with that also comes complications. Um, how do you get back? Borders are shut, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be uh, very difficult, I think, um, to, to, to bring him back, if I'm honest. Um, and he's resigned for next season anyway. So, <laughs> so, so um, look, I've said it from the start. I'll say it again. We want an Australian coach. It's as simple as that. I think they're good enough. I think there's enough talent out there. It's about us picking the right one now. For next season? Well, unless he gets his Aussie passport, we want an Australian coach for next season. Your hands are tied a bit anyway, aren't they? I mean, pretty logistically. Exactly. Exactly. Just logistically, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, Melbourne Victory came out yesterday and said, despite coronavirus, they're going to look, uh, you know, the world over. Um, that's their prerogative. I think from where the club's been and the foreign coaches we've had in the past, who have been very good actually, um, but where the club is at the moment, more importantly, that's definitely a fine. <laughs> um, where, <laughs> um, where the club is currently, I think um, you know, we're well positioned uh, for an Australian coach, the way the, way the squad's made up and, and where we are as an organisation. Not yet, because we don't have any dates for the conclusion of this current season or the start of the following season. So till we have that, it's very hard to put some sort of time frame in there, but um, it doesn't stop us from working towards what we want to achieve. Gertrude was quite a talking about the finances of the club. Mm. Is, is that an obstacle in bringing in a, a coach that meets all the criteria and then you're yet to set? It could well be, yes, in short. So how do you overcome that then? Well, I don't think we're going to get a coach who just wants to come for the money. Um, that's one. And, you know, I think, <laughs> I think uh, wages across the board are going to go backwards um, if we're realistic, considering we're suffering the greatest economic shock since the Great Depression. So I don't know how many people's wages increased during the Great Depression. I, I can't see uh, coaches getting paid uh, more um, in the near future. And players the same? Do you expect players are going to have to take a pay cut significantly? I think it'll be across the board. I don't think, uh, you know, <laughs> it depends with the TV deal and, and there's a whole range of things uh, happening. But you don't have to look too far to see what's happening to the other codes here locally in Australia and what's happening to football in other parts of the world. So <laughs> we're not immune to it here. I think you'd be naive to think so. The foreign players who... So I think Maria's and Mirko are mm. at the moment. Mm. 
Are they going to be able to get back for London too? Very doubtful, um, considering the border restrictions. Probably a discussion we need to have with the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Um, but Mirko signed a contract for next season anyway. Uh, he, he'll remain in Germany. Uh, I believe his contract starts in June. Um, and with Maria, that's something that we're definitely going to have to look at because that's a tricky situation. With the coach, not knowing the dates, mm. uh, speculation has been August. So would you be happy to have a coach for the remainder of this season, not necessarily the coach going forward? Or would you In terms of an interim? Yes. Yeah, it depends on, it doesn't depend solely on this, but a big part of it will be when next season starts. So if we finish the season off in August, but next season doesn't start till December, then you've probably got a bit of time and, and you get an interim in for, the, for, for that August period, depending on how our recruitment goes and all, all the rest, and then look to, to establish whether it's the interim takes over uh, full time or whether you get someone else in uh, for the next season. If, season finishes in, if we finish the season off in August and the new season starts in October, then we might be better suited to getting uh, the longer term replacement in prior to that August date or, or July when, whenever we start training. So th that will play a, a factor in our decision making. What's the latest from FFA on, on the timetable to resume? Well, and Phoenix have said that they're preparing for August, July 1 to start training. What's the latest cost you look Yeah, look, they haven't mentioned the start date. Um, my understanding is they'd want the season completed by the end of August. So, you know, mathematically, three games a week and all the rest, you could probably think that you could knock it out in four or five weeks. Um, then you work back from that, you say, okay, we need at least four or five weeks training. So you're looking at late June, early July. Um, but there's a lot of water to go under the bridge before that. You know, the, the, the PFA's got to sit down with the, with the FFA and, and, and the clubs and, and nut out what, what that cost base is going to be for the players and logistically, all those sort of things. So. There's still a lot of unknowns and, and you know, from the information we get, we're, we're trying to make the best decisions possible. Just personally, do you think it's worth finishing the league or is it cut it off and start the focus on next year, next season? Well, if there's circa $12 million banking on, it's not my money, but I'd say finish the league. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it's worth finishing the league, both financially, both for the integrity of the competition and, and everything else that comes with it. I think um, if we can finish the league, which we will, um, I, th I think that's the best case scenario, definitely. Just with regards to programs now for players, who's handing them out? Who's, who's in control of that? Uh, Django. So Django's our strength and conditioning coach. Um, himself, Narvin, our physio, they're, they're in constant contact with the players. I'm in constant contact with them as staff. Um, you know, a few boys are, are going out with Django and actually doing some drills and, and stuff. Um, other boys are doing individual training with their individual programs. You know, Stephen Mork went back to Brisbane, but I know he's been very active and working there. George Blackwood's in Sydney, and, and I know he's, he's been keeping fit. I speak to the players as often as possible, once a week, once a fortnight, um, just to keep tabs on them and, and how they're going. And they've all said that they've been keeping fit. I think now that they know that the season's coming back, then within themselves, me being a former player, I'd start to ramp up to make sure that I'm completely fit for, for coming back to a mini pre-season. When you start saying to those players who are interstate 
get back to Adelaide? I, mean, I think I think we'll get uh, some good warning around start dates, and I'll, I'll be sure to give them at least two weeks' notice to to get back and be able to self-isolate, even if we don't have to, just to take that extra precaution um, before we start training. Is, is Friday a likely date where you're going to find out more or less what's going to happen? This Friday. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Uh, players who are out of contract, because I know that's a mm. job keeper payment as well for Michael mm. Atkinson, one of them. Mm. How tricky is that and how are you? Well, that's why I said earlier that the PFA's got to sit down. You know, the boys aren't coming back to train on JobKeeper, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where those uh, discussions have to be had, I think, as a matter of urgency. So there's clarity from players' uh, mindset. And, and there's clarity for, for an organisa the organisations of the clubs in financial management on you know, what, the, what the cost is, is, is going to be. Because at the moment, there's no revenues and uh, you know, we don't know what the, the cost base looks like to finish off the season. So I think that, that, that's, a, that's probably the next most critical uh, decisions to be made is one for the players. You know, what are they going to get back, paid to come back to train and, and finish the season? And two, what's, what's, how does that fit into the cost base of, of everything we're trying to achieve? Uh, Bruce, talk of a hub. Is that something, mm. where does the club sit on that? Would you be happy as a club to play all the games and see if you have to? And have you spoken to the players about that? Yeah, yeah both. Um, I'm, 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 as a club, we uh, are happy to do that. And the players are also happy to do that. We just want to finish off the, the season as best we can. Um, considering now, you know, they had this discussion in early March, when it was really starting to crank up and people were very shaky and nervous, I think Gurchard made some comments. Um, but look, it's, it's much better now. I don't think it's a time for complacency, obviously, and there'd be stringent controls and all the rest of it, but people are much more comfortable now jumping on a plane, getting over to New South Wales and finishing off the season. Can just clarify, Chris Cutler, he's the interim coach that's pending any other appointments? Well, we haven't announced the interim coach at the moment, considering everyone stood down without pay. Um, but again, that'll depend on timing for recommencement of the season and the following. Just with the MPL team and the reserves, are they still going to continue if the uh, local league gets up? Or yeah. Or are you putting that aside? No, no. So the youth team will compete in the MPL season this year. Um, I'd envisage that they will have the ability to start because how well South Australia is doing prior to, to the A-League team. So I've been speaking to, to their coaches and, and staff there. We've got a Zoom call on, on Monday as well with, with all of them. Um, and, you know, I've been speaking to Minister Wingard as well about what the possibilities are, what it's looking like, what the future holds. And I firmly believe that, that the MPL team will be able to get up and running in the not too distant future. Try to get in the local comp, at least they get game legs, maybe get them ready for next season. No, we're not going to do that. Don't need to speculate on that, it's not going to happen. So, for a few reasons, I think one, that the players won't be motivated to play in the NPL, and two, I don't, I, I don't think it adds, adds, adds value to, to them or, or us. We've got a youth team that's very good, competitive, probably uh, good enough to make the finals definitely this season, and that's their competition. We're just going to compete in the A League.